an eargasm of learning, and a no-fuss show. Welcome to the Creative Talk Podcast, where you can learn straightforward topics about branding, digital entrepreneurship, online business, and many more with your charming host, John Santos, along with inspiring entrepreneurs, creators, and thought leaders worldwide. Emmy Award-winning designer, director, CEO, and chief strategist of Blind and the founder of Future. Guys, let's all welcome the amazing, again, I'm a fanboy here, Chris Du. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks very much for having me. I'm excited. I know our listeners and viewers are excited. Who or what influenced you to be in this position of greatness? I mean, give us an overview of your story. Who Chris Du is. The floor is yours, my friend. Where do you want me to answer that question? And what, because I don't want to be uh, presumptive here to understand what you refer to as greatness. You are clearly touching people's lives. You're making an impact. I'm one of those, you know, we've had a brief story off camp. So I know there's a lot who are being inspired, motivated, and you're really helping people's lives. So, you know, what happened? Who influenced you to be in this position that you are in right now who Mm. makes an impact? Okay. Thanks for reframing the question, Jen. So for, for me, as, a, as an immigrant, as a refugee from Vietnam coming to the United States, I feel like in a way landing in America was like winning uh, the lottery. Oof. We could have landed a diff- lot of different places. We could have had more trials and tribulations, but my parents moved us into the right places, got the right job and positioned me for like a, 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 like a place where I can win to have opportunity. And in doing so and achieving the kind of results I've been able to get as a professional designer, as a motion designer, director, mm. and animator, got me to start thinking, why am I so lucky? Why, why do I deserve any of this? And the, the truth is, I don't deserve mm. anything. I earned some things, but it's also some part good fortune, right. hard mm. work, persistence, guidance, mentorship. But then there's all these people behind yeah. me who don't have the same opportunity. So what is my obligation? Service to others is how you pay rent on your time for earth and the rent is due. That's a Muhammad Ali quote. I hope I got that. So service to others means a lot to me. And here's the thing. I'm not trying to get on here as to some kind of platform to to lecture at anybody to say you must serve other people. If you just want to be a successful business person, if you want to be respected as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as, as a parent, Serve others and everything that you want in your life from fulfillment to health and wealth will come to you. Ooh, I love that, man. I love that. It's so on point. And I totally agree. I mean, uh, not because, you know, I'm a fanboy here, but you really are helping others. You know, the the authenticity of you caring, loving and giving values from the video that you make, from you speaking. I've been following you since the, you know, the the carousel days. And you are really giving value to people and changing people's lives. You mentioned about, you know, business and and making an impact. Um, I know our listeners and viewers are excited. I'm excited, my friend, to know, you know, your tips, powerful tips to grow a business, especially in this year and the years to come from an expert like you who grew 2.1 million YouTube subscribers for the future, guys, at the future. Tips, my friend, the floor is yours. Okay, so I want to be clear about something. I have a different approach to this than than most people. I'm going to tell you the two different ways that you can do this. If you're in need of a client right now, meaning your rent is due, you don't have baby formula for your kid, 
your parents are, are not getting the love and care that they need because of financial reasons. We, we can't afford at this point to play this long game, which is what I really recommend. But let's take care of businesses, our business first, mm. our business needs. And the way that we do that is we're first going to make sure that we have a foundation where people, when they see our work, they're going to want to hire us. And so that's the first part. So people tend to skip over this part. So I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about this. Right. You don't need 10 or 20 pieces. You need three to five. If you're an email marketer, I'd like to see three to five campaigns that you've done and to see the results. The delta, the difference between when you started and when you ended is really important to talk about, to have quantifiable metrics of success. If you build a website, you can show the before and after. So visually, it's going to look different. The user flow is going to be different. But most importantly, you can talk about time on site has increased. Bounce rate has decreased. Conversions have increased. And you want to show that and you want to document that. So you can see a pattern that's happening here. I call it the two Bs. You need to know what the baseline is and what the benchmarks are. And knowing those two things can really show that I have some kind of impact that's tangible to the businesses that hire me. This is very important because too many creative types sell creative services. They sell soft and feel. They sell luxury quota and premium quote. What is that? People might like that, but if you sell money, if you create money and wealth for other people, they will buy all day long and you have no shortage of clients. So have three to five pieces that show an example of what it is that you do and the impact that you've been able to create. So if we start there, we're already really good place. Next thing you want to do, you want to reach out to anybody that's in your direct and indirect network and say, I have opportunity to take on, or I have the ability, not the opportunity, I have the ability to take on two clients next month. If anybody knows someone who needs an email marketer, a website designer, a motion graphics videographer, whatever it is that you do, let me know because I have two openings available and I'm looking for new clients to work with, especially if they're in X industry or space. Like if they're in the sports apparel industry, that's my jam. That's who I help. So the more specific you are in communicating and articulating what it is that you do, the easier it is that people are going to be able to think, you know, I heard of Jan. Hmm. He does X. I have an opportunity. I need to see if we're a good fit. I'm going to reach out. But if you make it hard to remember what it is that you do, well, people will forget. You're I unremarkable think... and you're forgettable. Love that. So that's I... what you would do yeah. first, right? Friends, family, friends of friends, reach out to them. Let them all know you're available and you're looking for opportunities. Mm. The next thing that's going to happen is someone's going to ask you, well, how much? So before you get to that part, just say, look, let's discuss what it is that you need. I guarantee you, I will make the price work for you. Now, I'm coming from a place where we don't have a lot of options, and I'm trying to get rid of as many objections upfront as possible. So money is going to be always a problem, right? So what we want to do is we just want to temporarily delay the money conversation hmm. by putting their mind at ease, saying, I guarantee you, I will do it for a price that you could afford that you will find to be valuable. So you'll talk about the project, and you'll scope something out. You may float a number that's more than what they can handle, but at least you're constructing the conversation, the proper sequence, value first, price later. So if they say, well, you know, we can't afford $25,000 to build this, then you can ask them, what can you afford? You still have an ability to get out of this conversation. Even though you said, 
I guarantee you, I, I can do it for a price that you can afford. Then, then they'll say something like, let's try, they'll say, we, we, we want to do it for $2,000. And that's way below market rate. You can say, well, I didn't think this was going to happen, but you actually came up with a price that is lower than what anybody that I know could do this for, including myself. Right. So perhaps we're a little unrealistic or overly ambitious with what you need. Now, there are things I can do for 2500 I just can't do what you've asked for. And if you start there, okay, let's work together. Let's find a way out of being very upfront with people. Wow. So that's one thing that you can do. Now, we'll wow. go to the second part, okay? Now, let's say you have some deal flow going. There are projects that you're being considered for, some that you're actively working on, and some that you're bidding on waiting for confirmation if the project's going to start or not. Now you want to play the second game, which is a much longer game. We'll call that content marketing. Oof. This is not a direct one-to-one -one thing where you make one effort and you get one client. This is about building authority, about building up your brand, increasing your visibility. And these are very important things to your long-term career. So let's go back to the same example. Let's say you're an email marketer. And this is what you do. You're very good at creating soap opera email sequences with high click-through rates, high mm. open rates. All those things are very good. So what you want to do is now, what do I need to do to stand out one-eighth of an inch above mm. everybody else who's in my space? Right. You want to establish pieces of thought leadership. You want to write articles. You want to create videos. You want to dispel myths. You want to say, you know how you thought this? It's actually not that. It's this. Or you know how this is really difficult? And you reframe it. Think of it more like this. You make analogies, metaphors. You provide frameworks, you provide prompts, you can conduct studies. You can say, these are the top three highest open rates for a subject line. Would you like to know what they are? And then you tell people in doing so, what you do in the mind of the audience is you establish yourself as an expert, or at least somebody who knows more than what they know, and you rise in esteem. So when they start looking at your post, when they start commenting on your post, you should reach out to them. The best platform to do this on is LinkedIn because it can actually show you who's looking at your profile and who's actually commenting on things. And more likely than not, the real people. Yes, there are robots on LinkedIn as well, but fewer <laughs> robots than there are on other platforms. And it's a platform for professional business people to network and do business with each other. Mm. So it doesn't feel out of place. When you post on Instagram or TikTok, you do not know what the mindset of the audience is. Yeah. They're there to be entertained. Maybe they want to learn a dance move where they just want to listen to an ASMR video. We don't think that they're always in a buying state of mind or they're looking to solve a problem. But more likely than not, people on LinkedIn are looking literally for that every single day. And that's how we do it. Wow. Wow, Chris. That's like from A, B, C, D. I mean, wow, that's a powerhouse. Thank you. <laughs> a a follow-up question, um, Chris. In, in, in the start, you said, you know, you need to be specific of who you are and what you do so that, you know, you can you can be clear and specific to what you can offer. Right. People, your, your, your potential clients will understand what you're doing and what you are offering. I think that's that's where the misconception starts. You know, a lot of people wants to do everything or they at least they think that they can do a lot of things because maybe they can you know they're a designer they want to jump to video audio design and everything what's you know the basic tip to narrow down that part where you need to be specific you need to be clear of what you offer and stick to that yeah i can tell you the answer 
but I need to set up the answer before I tell it to you because people <laughs> will not listen to this. Okay. You know, and I know that there are riches in the niches that the narrower you go, the more likely you are to get more clients. Mm. It's counterintuitive. So let's understand the logic, okay? The reason why people are afraid to commit to a certain type of customer to have a target market is because they think, well, if the pie is bigger, my potential of hitting a client is much bigger. It seems pretty logical, but let's examine why that doesn't work out in the real world, okay? So let's say you describe yourself as a designer. Let's just start there because it's an example I can understand. Mm -hmm. So you're like, I'm a designer and I help people. I help entrepreneurs. So everyone who's in business is a potential client. And if you need design services, I'm your person. So now when an entrepreneur, anyone who's in business says, I need an interior designer. Well, you're one of them possibly, but then yeah. they look for interior designers and then your portfolio doesn't line up. I'm looking for a web designer, but you're more of an identity designer. <laughs> so what you're doing by being broad is you're inviting a lot of competition in and nobody wants that. Mm. Ideally, the purpose of marketing and the sub, um, the sub part of marketing is positioning is to reduce or possibly eliminate competition. Ooh. When you have no competition, supply is only one, you, and demand is whatever you can generate. So you're on the right side of the supply-demand equation. And so you don't want to increase competition because now there's a ton of supply. So your lack of ability to focus and to state what it is that you do invites competition. And then therefore, when there's a lot of competition, the client has a lot of options. They can elect to pay high or more often than not, they elect to pay low. Or they say, you know what, what makes you different than A, B, C, and D? Right. And actually, I got a really good bid. That's one half of what you're bidding at. And ah. now you've done it to yourself. By design or by neglect, you've done it to yourself. Mm. You inadvertently invited a lot of competition, which is what you wanted at the beginning. You want to go against a lot of people. So you can say this should not be a surprise. So what can we do? I've done this live coaching session before. <laughs> people are like, I can't pick, Chris. I can't. I just can't pick. So I tell them, well, we're going to do this exercise. Seth Godin calls it splitting the market. In his book, This is Marketing, I think, Split the mm -hmm. Market. Yeah. And how split the market works is you just pick one dimension and you ask the person to pick. And they're like, I can't pick. I'm like, watch. Would you like to serve men or women? They're like, both. I'm like, that's not picking. <laughs> men or women? And they said, women. I said, great. So now we've eliminated the market by half with the assumption that there are half men and half women in the market, right? Uh, are you looking to serve older women or younger women? And they try that, well, in the middle. I'm like, no, you need to pick older women or younger women. It could be that they're in the middle, but right, then they're right. like older women. They said, you want to serve older women. Are they married? Are they divorced? They're married. Do they have kids? Yes, they do. You know, uh, and then they go, no, no, actually they're divorced with kids. I said, perfect. So you're looking to work with single mothers. Mm. How clear does that become now? Ooh, okay. Yeah. And here's where the big unlock is going to come. I asked them this question. <clears throat> Why is it important for you to work with single women? And I look at this person. This is a man. Mm. And then they get all choked up. And they say, well, growing up, my father was not in our lives. And I watched my mom bust her butt work multiple jobs and do everything that she could to support us and sacrifice her own joy and happiness to make sure we got ahead. 
now that I have some piece of success, I'm looking out for the other single moms who need to help, mm. who need a hand because there are a lot of deadbeat dads out there. And I said, is this anywhere in your marketing, in your story, in your positioning? He goes, no. I said, do you think that by sharing this and saying I am actually for single moms and I'm going to help you find a home that you can afford mm. for a really good price, don't you think that makes you really compelling that you've then reduced a lot of the competition that's out there? I'm not looking to work with dudes. I'm not looking to work with happily married women or childless women. I'm looking to work with single moms trying to raise a family. You're going to become much more attractive. And that's the whole point of marketing. And so you, you can actually do this. So now the other thing you just have to decide is this is your market. What is the service that you provide? And you go through the same thing. If we split the market, then we need to split the service. Okay. I work in finance too broad. I work in loans. What part of loans? Yeah. I do refis. Mm. So I do, I'm a mortgage broker. I do refis for single moms looking to get into a home. And you can even go further to getting into their first home or multi-million dollar home, right. whatever it is. Yeah. And you could, you know, you can just narrow it down and it could be people who love dogs. Mm. You know, I, I help uh, uh, apartment hunters find places that are dog friendly. Right. In New York City. In lower Manhattan. So you can wow. get really narrow and you can say, mm. boom, and you can own that market. So my, my, my general advice for people is they resist this process of making the hard business decision. Writer Blair Enns refers to this as the difficult business decision what it is that you do and who you do it for. Once you can decide that everything becomes much, much easier. Wow. So start there. Wow, Chris. <laughs> Me, myself, man, I learned a lot. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I know our listeners and viewers are energized, ready to, you know, embrace this new world. Thank you. Thank you so much. But we're not done yet, Chris. Now let's be more comfortable, less technical, less on point, and just me and you having fun online. <laughs> All right. We call this the creative fast talk. I'm going to be asking you questions and you're not allowed to spend much time thinking what the right answer would be. All right. Okay. All right. First question, sun or snow? Sun. Structured or chaotic? Structured. <laughs> Love or money? Love. Yes. If you were an animal, Chris, what animal would you be and why? Probably be a bird. I want to fly. <laughs> Like freedom. Wow. <laughs> Love that. I was about to ask you, be specific. What type of birds? <laughs> Narrowing it down, my friend. All right, next. Falcon. Oh, yeah. There you go, guys. Falcon. All right, next. Popcorn and movies or dinner and dancing? Popcorn and movie. All right. Okay. Since I don't dance. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Since you picked that, name your top three movies of all time. Probably The Matrix, ah, Shawshank Redemption, mm. and probably A Sixth Sense. Ah, yeah. Nice. Nice collection, my friend. All right. Next. Passenger or driver? Driver. Mountains or the beaches? Mountain. Right. What are you afraid of, Chris? Stagnation. Wow. Can you, can you follow it up? Why? Why do you... Why are you feeling afraid of stagnation? Um, I'm really about personal development and growth. Right. 
and I measure my life not in the accomplish not in accomplishments, but how far I've moved from my old self. Mm. So I don't do this on an annual basis. I do this on a daily, weekly, monthly basis where I'm keep, I keep accounting. Like I keep taking account of like, what didn't you know how to do that you know how to do now? Mm. And I take moments to celebrate that because that fuels me up. So if I learn a new tool or a trick or a tip, like I'll watch an Instagram video where someone cuts out something in Photoshop way I didn't know how to do before. <laughs> I save that video. I'm working in production. I'm like, shoot, let me cut this image out. I could do it the way I know how to do it. Right. Or let me go dig up this video. It's painful. Go through the process. Step through it. I'm like, wait, I still don't get it. Go on Google, search it a little bit more. I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. Okay. I was missing a button. Okay. And I learned that. And that process took me probably 45 minutes mm. longer than had I just done it the old way. But then I feel like from this point forward, whether I use this or not, I'm just a little bit smarter. And now I have one more tool in my arsenal of things that I can do. Ooh, I love that. I, I'm going to follow that also. It's a good trade. You know, it, it's always to check you to always innovate and have new things. Love that. Thank you, Chris. Next, what is your dream superpower and why? When I was a child, my dream superpower was to be invisible. <laughs> and the reason why is because growing up in America in the time in which I did, I, I was often felt like like a leper. Uh, oh. like an outcast okay and i didn't want any attention to me and so i thought man if i could just turn quite literally invisible a lot of my problems would go away so that people didn't notice me and Ooh. it's not a power because i was power hungry it was power as a defensive mechanism to be invisible wow i did not know that part of you know the story of Chris do whenever, you know, whenever us, whenever we see you, it's always, you know, the, the powerful, the structure, the successful Chris do. Thank you, man. Thank you for sharing that piece that gives uh, a new perspective in knowing and understanding Chris do. Thank you. Thank you. This last question, my friend can turn into something serious, depending on how you take. It, all right. If you have the power to bring back someone back from the dead, who would it be and why? Anyone. Or choose not to. Question. Uh, I understand the spirit of the question, so I'm going to answer this in two different ways. Uh, I don't want to bring anybody back from the dead. I think there's the natural order of things and everyone has their shot in the sun. And sometimes mm. people live on in infamy or become... Uh, like a legend because they passed when they did because we didn't see them in their decline we just saw them at the prime and they just passed and i think mm. that's how life is supposed to be we don't know how many revolutions around the sun we all get so we have to learn to live our day to the to the to to the to the most and, and yeah. live to that standard uh, but in the spirit of your question it makes me think about who was taken away too soon that could have contributed more to society and somebody who died prematurely, someone very young. Mm. I'm not sure who that is just yet. <laughs> Thank but you. But I'm trying to look for an artist, mm. an architect, a philosopher, an engineer, someone who is going to contribute more to, to society and to the world. And I'm trying not to say the names that everybody would say. Yeah, yeah. I think so I know that. I'm a little bit yeah. more time to think about that one. <laughs> no but worries. But I, I really believe in this natural order. Like, yeah. If I die tomorrow, then I hope that I live to the best of my life. That's it, right? That's it. Behind something that is good that mm. I left the place so like better than the way I found it. Yeah. 
Wow. Right? So that's that's how I try to live my life. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. I mean, this is a wonderful experience. I know, including me, we are so equipped, inspired, as always, you know, watching and consuming videos from you and the future. It's life-changing. Again, from one friend to another, thank you. Thank you, Chris, for spending the time to be here in the show. My friend, if you want to promote, you have a lot of projects, events, online activities, feel free. The floor is yours. Yeah, I just you're in the Philippines, right? Yes. So I just want to let everybody know I had a blast last time I was in the Philippines as part of Likat, and I will be coming back in September. We're doing some intensive stuff. We're doing a talk, uh, a full-day workshop, because I just felt like I needed more time to work with folks. And people in the Philippines, uh, in Manila and Cebu, mm. uh, I, I just really appreciate your energy, your warmth, your kindness, your enthusiasm. And I really look forward to seeing you. I hope that you'll make your way there so that I can meet you in person. Yay! There you have it, guys. The amazing Chris Du on the Creative Talk Podcast. Always remember, have a positive outlook in life. Smile. God bless. Thank you for being with us here on the Creative Talk Podcast. I'm your host, John Santos. Don't forget to listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. See you again, always.